And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I've based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. If we could see the result of all that God does in every service where the Word of God is lifted and preached, we'd be dumbfounded and amazed at what God does. It's just not about uh, an attendance number on a board. How many people can you get coming faithfully to your church? The purpose of church is not for attendance. The purpose of church is for growth. But if we look in the mirror, we're not perfect either. And the truth is, again, you can't change the other person. You can't get them saved. You can't change their faults. But God can. But you can change your own faults through God's help. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, come to the end of what's best for you, Start doing what's best for the sake of the Savior. Well, what did you think of the brand new intro to Sandy Creek Stirrings? Wait a second, you missed it, didn't you? You just skipped it. You're one of those people who skip ahead and don't listen to the intro. Go back, go back, listen to it. And uh, the beginning is relatively the same. It's a different um, background song, but the voices, the first few voices are the same. But did you catch the rest of them? Did you catch all the voices? Maybe you don't know the voices. Maybe you don't know who those voices are. Maybe you're unsure of that when you listen to Sandy Creek Stirrings. That first voice you hear is Dr. Lee Robertson, the great pastor of the Highland Park Baptist Church who passed away years ago now. And um, But praise the Lord for him and his testimony. He has opened the podcast episode since the very first episode. And so he was the very first part of the intro. We only had one voice that spoke in the very beginning, and that was Dr. Lee Robertson. We actually put a message of his on the podcast. That was episode number 158. That was a message entitled Magic Words. That was episode number 158. The second voice you hear about it pays to serve God is Dr. Dave McCoy. Of course, we did an interview episode with him, episode number 64. He was a great man of God, passed down in his early 60s, and but what a great man of God he was. Enjoyed that interview episode so much. If you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to it, episode number 64. The second voice you hear about, God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. That was Dr. Scott Cottle, of course, the president and director of Macedonia World Baptist Missions. That was He did an interview with us, episode number 28, going way back over 200 episodes ago. The fourth voice you hear is Pastor Patrick Jimenez, my pastor. We did an interview with him, episode number 46. The next voice you hear about homes are not that spiritually strong anymore. That was uh, Evangelist Dave Summerdorf. That was He did an interview with us, episode number 82. Then you hear the voice about if you could know what God does in all services where the Bible is preached. Uh, that was Dr. Harold Seitler. Wow, what a man of God he was. What a great pastor. We put a message of his on here entitled, Preach the Word, a message that has been such an encouragement to me. That was episode number 219. Then we did a—the next one is Dr. Jack Bachman about how church isn't just about attendance or a number on the board. It's about growth. 
And then that was uh, an interview with him, episode number 167. We covered so many topics in that episode. Did a wonderful job. Then we did uh, the next voice is Brother Eric Joss. He's the president, director, founder of the Master Craftsman's Ministry, helping churches and building. And uh, that was an interview, episode number 204. There were so many golden nuggets in that interview. If you've not listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Then about the one that's my, that's my king, you may have heard that that uh, short portion of that message before, but that was Dr. S.M. Lockridge, and that was from his uh, famous message, Amen, and that was episode number 242, we played that message. And then we ended with a, If My People, and the man preaching that was um, David Gibbs, and the lawyer, the um, I guess they'd be the president of the Christian Law Association, has been doing that for quite some time, Dr. David Gibbs. And what a blessing he has been. But that was taken from his message entitled, If My People. We played that message on episode number 131. I put that as the very last voice on our intro because that has become almost um, the signature episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings because it's the episode that by, I think, about 70 listens or so, it has the most listens of any of our podcast episodes. And so that one is, we almost get almost one listen um, at least every other day. Typically, we get about, what's about four to five, normally yeah, right about five listens a week of that episode. And so that's kind of become just a signature episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings, a message he preached back in 1996. And so what a blessing that message was, though. If you have not listened to that, that was episode number 131, If My People. I hope you enjoyed that new intro. Of course, I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. I took my voice off the front of the intro. If you've been listening for a while, you know I've normally started off the intro. I'm no longer doing that because you get to hear me for the rest of the episode. Isn't that exciting? Aren't you blessed? And um, But we're excited about the growth we're seeing here at Sandy Creek Stirrings. If you have any questions or if you'd like to reach out, maybe you enjoyed the intro. You can email me, joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, that is joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Dot com, or you can reach us by going to our Facebook page. Simply search for the Sandy Creek Stirrings Podcast. You'll find us there. You can like us. You can follow us. You can send me a message through there as well if you'd like to get in contact. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Of course, if you need more information about the podcast, you can go to our website, sandycreekstirrings.com. I did want to make note of something real quick before we get into our content, and that would be if you go to our website, sandycreekstirrings.com, we did an update to our episode page. So there's three pages on our website. Very simple, very easy to use. Go to the menu. All you've got to do is click the Episodes button, and you'll find we've made a change. It used to be just a list of our episodes, and then you could click on those. You can see a brief synopsis of the episode, and then you can even play, listen to the episode right there on the website. And uh, so here we are, 251 episodes. It used to be just a long list, but now we've changed it up a little bit. At the top, you'll see a search for an episode. We've needed this for a while, haven't we? You needed a search function to be able to search for something in particular. And so in case you didn't know this, I, I'm aware of this, but if you go to a website and you click um, on your laptop, if you do control F, it'll bring up a search box and you can search the entire web page. I'm so used to that that I forgot. A lot of people don't know that if you click Control-F, you can search for something on a web page. So we needed some sort of way to search for an episode on Sandy Creek Stirrings. And now we've got it right there on the website. Brand new technology. I don't know why we didn't have that up a long time ago. and uh, But you can go and now you can search for any episode you want to search for and it'll be right there on the episode list. So go to sandycreekstirrings.com, click the episode page and you can search for any episode whether you have a question, maybe a topic we've covered before. We have covered so many different things. Uh, you're likely to find what you're looking for in our 251 episodes. Right, bef right below though, I mean, we're going even more in-depth with technology now. Uh, right below our search for an episode, you'll see something new. Instead of just the episode list, we now have episode categories. Isn't that exciting? 
Uh, we've got several categories that I've taken most of our episodes and I've put them into. And so we've got like uh, my entire series, My Story Won't Wow You, 14 episodes in that. If you click that button there, the, the episode category title, it'll take you and all of those episodes will be there. Apologetics, Defending Your Faith is a category. We have 65 episodes talking about defending your faith. Baptist History, we have 25 episodes uh, talking about Baptist history. Church and Ministry, we have 39 episodes on that. Guests, we have 36 guest episodes. We have eight interview episodes episodes, 13 episodes dedicated to marriage, 29 episodes dedicated to parents, 30 episodes dedicated to teenagers, and then, of course, 251 today uh, episodes total. So many different topics we've covered that aren't even included in those categories. If you have an idea for a category, you say, hey, what about this category? Maybe we should put that in. You can let me know, Joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com is my email. Let's talk today for just a few minutes about things that Christians should not say. Things that Christians should not say. My wife and I were in the kitchen the other day, and we were discussing this idea. I had, I had said something. It was just a normal phrase. And then we both stopped for a second, and we started talking about, should a Christian say that? Should a Christian say that phrase? And we determined that that phrase was, ah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that used in the proper context. But then it kind of led to this idea. There are all kinds of things that we as Christians say that we probably shouldn't. And so I wanted to, I immediately began, got out my phone. I have a a note taker app on my phone, and I began to take notes and things of that sort on some things Christians should not say. Some of these are going to be obvious to you hopefully. and uh, But some of these are going to be very obvious. Some of them, maybe you have to stop and you have to think about for a second. And so we'll use the Bible today, We'll and I'll, we'll tie this all up. I do have a point for doing this episode. We always have a point, but I think, well, I don't want to give you the overall point. Wait until the end. I'll give you the overall point. Let's dive right into things Christians should not say. Are you ready? Here we go. Hopefully this should be obvious to you. All right? Christians should not say And I almost hate saying it, but I'm going to say it so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Christians should not say, oh my God. Or or the flip side of that is, oh my Lord. Or they say things like, good Lord. Uh, What are they doing? Well, they're violating something that God was very clear about in Scripture. In fact, we love the Ten Commandments, right? It's the very first command, which is Exodus 20 and verse number 7, which says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The verse continues, though, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. The Lord says, don't take my name in vain, means don't take it in emptiness. That's what the word vain means. It means empty. Don't use it emptily. Is emptily even a word? That's not a word. Um, don't use it. Don't, don't make it empty. I don't, I don't know what that—you you see what I'm trying to say, right? And uh, things Christians should say. They should know how to phrase things. And, uh, but Christians should not take—well, really, nobody. Nobody should do this. But Christians especially, the people of God, I mean, they should know, reading the Bible, knowing the Ten Commandments, they should know. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. But I'm surprised at how many Christians say the term, oh my, hmm, or the flip side, oh my, hmm, or they say good, hmm, or I'm, I'm trying not to say it, folks, but come on, just why do Christians say that? That is a clear violation of what is right here, the very first commandment. You're so familiar with it. I mean, Deuteronomy 5, verse 11 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Proverbs 30, verse 9 says, Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal. And he equates this with stealing. And take the name of my God in vain. Friend, why is it that we say that? And the obvious answer for most people is, well, I just don't even think about it. It's just a phrase I use. It's just a phrase I say. Well, hey, start thinking about it. Don't say that. Don't take God's name in vain. And I'm not, don't do it for me. Don't do it for, well, Josh on Sandy Creek Stirring says, no, 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 no. Do it for God. 
For the Lord will not hold him guiltless. You know what that means? You're guilty. Can I tell you this, Christian? You're going to have to answer for that. The Bible says he's not going to hold you guiltless, that if you take his name in vain, he won't hold you guiltless. So the next time before you say, oh my, or oh my, or good, or, or you text somebody, O-M-G, friend, friend, don't do that. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. His name is holy. His name is a name worth being lifted up. His name is precious. Why would we just say it? Just as a phrase. People have known me to say, good gracious. Good gracious. Or uh, people have known me to say, oh my soul. Um, why would I do that? Because I'm not going to say the other things for one. But for two, I'm not going to take the name of the Lord and make it just a common thing that I just... and. You know, there's a topic. We should make the name of the Lord common in the fact that we're just saying, talking about him so often. It should be commonplace in our life. But at the same time, we should never make the Lord's name something to where we just repeat it so often that it just becomes this, eh, whatever. It, it needs to be holy, and we need to give it its proper place. God's name is holy, so let's not use it in vain. Let's not just spit it out as just a... It just we stubbed our toe, or we're excited, or we're impressed, or we can't believe something happened, or somebody pulled out on the road in front of us. Listen, friend. Don't say that. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Start thinking about it. Next time before you say it, think about it. You say, well, I don't know. I just spit it out. I use it so often. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I need your help. I don't want to take your name in vain anymore. So would you please help me? Before I say that, could you put some conviction there? Say, wait, don't say that. And the Lord can help you with that. But a Christian should never say that. On the other side, going to the very extreme, and this isn't the other side, this is the same side, but let's go to the extreme. A Christian should never take the name of Jesus Christ and use it as a cuss word. I, friend, I would really hope that you never do that. And not that you haven't done it in the past, like we all come from different backgrounds, but if you're saved, you're born again, you're growing in the Lord, I, I pray that you do not use the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word. To take the name of our Lord and Savior who would give his life for us, and we would take and demean it using it as foul language, as cursing, as a cuss word? How offensive that is. And can I just say something? I worked in a, in a secular workplace for a long time. When I became manager, I put in, in our, in our employee handbook, that employees were not allowed to use foul language. Uh, I put it in there. Like it or not, that's just what I put it in there. Employees were not al allowed to use foul language. I didn't. Um, I, I could put a lot of moral things there on why you shouldn't cuss. I could put a lot of biblical things, but this was a secular workplace, so I, I approached it from the facts, that the facts are when your employer looks at you or when a customer looks at you, and when you use foul language, stats show that they view, as, view you as being less professional. And so I put that stat in our handbook and said, we're not going to use foul language. But I tell you this, before I became manager, there was some cussing that my coworkers would say, and I wouldn't always say something to them. There were times where I'd look at them and say, hey, please stop doing that around me. There were other times, though, where uh, because of the time or place or whatever that I just didn't approach it at that particular time, maybe they were brand new, whatever it may be, there were certain times. But let me tell you something, when they used the name of my Lord and Savior as a cuss word, oh, I was all over that one, buddy. You're not going to take around me. You're not going to take around me, the name of my Lord, the name of my Jesus. You're not going to take it and use it as a cuss word around me. No, 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 no. That's something I'll fight over right there. That's something that, boy, we're going to have an issue with. You start using the name of my Savior in vain. You start using it as a cuss word. You start demeaning his name. Hey, why don't you go say Buddha as a cuss word? Why don't you go say Muhammad as a cuss word? Why don't you go say Joseph Smith? Or why don't you go say Charles Taze Russell? Why don't you go say, you know, Ellen G. White? You don't say none of those, but how dare you take the name of my Savior and use it in vain? Shame on you. And shame on the Christian who would dare take the name of Jesus Christ, and use it as a cuss word? Friend, if that is you, let me tell you something. You need to get that right. We should never use the name of our Savior, the one who loved us enough, to die for the sin of cursing and foul language. 
that we would take his name and we would use it as a cuss word. Oh, a Christian should never, never say that and things that Christians should not say. On that level, let's let's move down. So we went to the very high extreme using the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word. We talked about thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Let's take a step down, though, real quick. We could maybe put these all on the same level because they're all wrong. But a Christian should never use some of the phrases that I hear modernly people saying, and and they're saying this, that this is God, and they use it, but it's not making his name to be something holy. It's not, the Bible says we should lift up the name of Christ. We should lift up the name of God. That's not something we should grab, but we should pull down to our level, or pull down to our society, or pull down to our culture. His name is high. His name is above all names. And sadly, I hear some Christians refer to God as the man upstairs or the guy in the sky. Or I heard the other day some teenage millennial refer to God, his holy name, right? They referred to him as Daddy God. Now, I I understand the Bible talks about how now, because of salvation, we are able to refer to God as Abba. Um, The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So yes, it is true, as the children of God, we are able to call Him Abba. And Abba, if we could equate it, there is no exact equation, or there is no exact word that we use in English, but if we could get it something close, it's something similar to Daddy. You say, why Why does that be? Because Abba is a very personal term. It's a very enduring term. It's a term used by young children. It's that personal closeness, that relationship. Now, sometimes if you called your dad father, it's not as close, right? Not dad. It, it, but when you call your dad daddy, it shows a sign of that you're open. It shows a sign of almost your um, a weakness, per se, in, in the way that you need your daddy. You need your father. You need that, that, that head of the home, the, the leadership to lead you and to guide you. And so we kind of equate it to the same term. But this teenage millennial wasn't saying Abba in that sense or referring to God as the daddy, per se. And you see, I even hate saying that. I just, I don't like it. But um. They weren't using it in that way. They were using it along the lines of the man upstairs or the guy in the sky or Daddy God. That's not making his name holy. As we said, his name deserves to be lifted up. His name deserves to be praised. His name is holy. His name is to be reverenced. Um, We are supposed to fear God, to have a, a healthy respect of him, to understand that God is a good judge. It's not that we're afraid or we're scared of him. And, and maybe one day we should do an entire episode. I don't know if we've done this before, an entire episode on what it means to fear God. I'm sure we've talked about it at times before, but maybe a whole episode on that subject. But it's having a, a respect for him. And friend, we should respect the name of God. You call him, if you want to talk about God, use a biblical phrase. I mean, there are so many, I don't know if somebody's done a count, uh, maybe you can Google it, but there are so many, I would venture to say hundreds of names of God within Scripture. How dare we take something demeaning, something shallow, something disrespectful, and call God that? We should never do that with God. So there's the first few things we should not say. A Christian should never say things that take the name of God and use them in vain or disrespect the name of God. Here's the second thing. Christians should not say cuss words like Seriously, did you really think that I was going to say a cuss word on Sandy Creek Stirrings just for sake of an example? I'm not going to tell you the cuss words. You know them. Friend, why in the world? Why am I calling everybody friend now that I'm sitting here? I'm sitting here in an empty room, sitting in front of a mic, and I'm calling you friend. I don't even know you. (laughs) But uh, friend, don't use cuss words. Don't use words and foul language that this world uses. Why would we do that? Why would we use cuss words? That's not something a Christian should associate themselves with. That's not something a Christian should be involved in. The Bible says that our that our hearts and our minds should be reserved for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we should think about what comes out, out of our tongues. We should do all things to the glory of God. Do you really think that I could use one of the words that this world uses to cuss and say foul language? I mean, there's a reason it's called foul language. 
language. Do you really think that that's something that I can do for the glory of God? No. No, that's not something I can do for the glory of God. I can never do, cuss, and and use foul language for the glory of God. And don't get tricked up into saying that, well, some of these words, they're just minor words. You know, they're just minor, and, uh, you know, it's okay for Christians to say those words because they're just minor words. You know, our children are going to go hear them in the grocery store, so it's okay. No, 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 (laughs) no. Friend, just because, again, call people friend, uh, just because you drive down the interstate and there is some immodest person on a billboard, that doesn't mean you go dress like that billboard because you say, well, my children are going to see it at some time. What? What kind of logic is that? We should not use words that are considered foul language, not even the minor ones. Some of y'all think it's okay to use, to use H-E-L-L as a cuss word. Now, if you're referring to it as the place, okay. But to use it as a cuss word? Well, it's just minor. Minor to who? Minor to you? Because it's not minor to God. I've heard people use the, use the word D-A-M-N. And they say, it's just a minor word. No, no, no. Minor to you? Because it's not minor to God. God takes offense to that. There's a reason it's called foul language. There's a reason you go um, to different websites and they review movies and they include th- both of those words as profanity. Why? Because they're considered foul language. It's not that hard to understand people. For more, uh, for more information on the subject of cussing, go to episode number 133. In that episode, it's titled, TV Filters and Cuss Boxes. TV Filters and Cuss Boxes, Should Christians Use Them? And we deep dive on the subject of cussing in the life of a Christian. So we'll leave that there. You can go back and do some more research. Now, on the subject of cuss words, let's talk about this for a second. Don't ever say, excuse my French. Because you just cussed. It, it really bothers me. We were missionaries to a French-speaking island, so at the time I knew a lot more French than I do now. I still know a little bit of French, but anybody who—I've had so many people do this, especially when I worked in the hardware store. We had customers come in. They would say foul language. They would cuss, and then they would say, excuse my French. And there were several customers I looked at and said, actually, that's not French. I speak French. And they'd be like, oh, okay. They do it, they say, excuse my French, because they cussed. You know, if you didn't cuss, you wouldn't have to say, excuse my language. Excuse my French. It's not even French. That's stupid. Um, Excuse my language. You wouldn't have to say that if you didn't cuss. People act like, and I'm not trying to be crude or crass, but people act like you, you had a flatulent. People act like they just farted, and they're saying, excuse me. No, you cussed! Like, you, you said that. It wasn't, it wasn't a belch. It wasn't a flatulent. You cussed. You said the word. And I understand you, the home and the environment you grew up into. And if you're a, a brand new Christian and you're working on that, and sometimes there's going to be a word that slips out, I understand that. But you do realize at the same time, you have the ability to control your words. You have the ability to control your words. And it's time to get a hold of that. So don't say excuse my French or can I get let me get you another one. Some things that Christians should not say. I see so many Christians do this on social media. They say something along the lines of excuse the language but too good not to share. Can we just stop for a second? Excuse the language but too good to not share. Did I miss something? Uh, Hey, here's some brownies. Excuse the poop in them, but they're just too good not to share. (laughs) I mean, I mean, excuse, seriously? Excuse the language, but too good not to share. If it's got foul language in it, it's not good. If, if, If it's got foul language on it, what were you doing listening to it all the way? Why in the world would you share something with other people that has foul language? 
You don't know what teenagers are looking at that, that their parents have protected them, you would say sheltered, but protected them and kept them away from foul language, and now you're introducing them to foul language? You think you're going to get away with that? No, 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 no. There's a heavenly father of that other person who's going to be some kind of upset. Boy, this is good today. I'm really... I'm really just having a good time and uh, talking into the microphone today. I hope you're enjoying it too. But let me tell you, a Christian should not do that. Excuse the language, but too good not to share. I've just never understood that. It's not good if it has foul language in it. It's called foul. I've already said this. Foul language. All right? So Christians should not say cuss words. You should not make excuses for your language either. Uh, Next, things Christians should not say. They should not say euphemisms. Euphemisms. You say, what's a euphemism? A euphemism is Christian cussing or a word that Christians will use in place of a cuss word. It sounds very similar, but it's nothing more than a euphemism. All right? So, like, people will say heck, right? Just to be clear, I did not cuss. I said heck, all right? But they'll use it in place of hell. They're using it the same way, same method. They'll say what the and they'll say, they won't say hell, but they'll say heck, right? What the heck? That's, that's a euphemism. You're just cussing. That's all you're doing. You are, quote-unquote, Christian cussing. You're using a euphemism. That's not right. And I'll tell you in a second why that's not right. Um, the word crap. The word crap. Now, look, I'll be honest with you here for just a second. Um, I used the word crap for a long time. My parents didn't necessarily allow me to use it, but when I got older, it's just a word I started using. And so it's a, uh, and when I, uh, when I was my own man, had my own car, all that things, I, w- I would use the word crap. And then I had a young man that I invited to church and yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was going to Bible college. I was newly married. I had a friend that I invited to church. He got saved and we were working together every day and I was his, um, at the time, I didn't necessarily—I was bivocational assistant to the pastor, and uh, but I wasn't a full-time on-staff, full-time assistant to the pastor, but still I held a position within the church. And um, this young man looked at me, and I said the word crap. And he looked at me, baby Christian, looked at me, and praised the Lord for him, because he looked at me and he said, do you really think a pastor should use the word crap? And I stopped for a second, I thought— No, you're right. And from that day forward, I stopped using the word crap. Listen, just because a word isn't considered foul language isn't necessarily a word we should say either. There's plenty of words that, listen to me, they're not a cuss word. They're not foul language. Look, if you say the word crap, no, it's not foul language. It's not a cuss word. But do you really think that's something a Christian should say? Do you really think that's something a Christian should just go around? Most of the time, you're just using it as a—most of the times, you're using it just as a euphemism for the S word. And I'm trying not to be crude or anything today, but let's just be honest. Most of the times, you're using it as a euphemism. That's not right. Christians shouldn't take part in that. A lot of times, people will take the, um, the word freaking or freaking, and they'll use it. And— they will use it really most often because it sounds so similar to the F word. It's a euphemism. They're using it as a euphemism. Can I tell you a modern word that today um, isn't as bad as it used to be because there was a time 30 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe, maybe more like 50 years ago, where the term, and again, it's not a cuss word today, so I'll say it, but I, I don't even like using it. I don't say this, um, but the term, well, that sucks. The word sucks. Like, years and years ago, that was considered an improper term. You did not say that. And But we have allowed our language to slowly decay. And instead of Christians maintaining a high standard for their language, they're now involved in all these euphemisms and things that, do you really think a Christian should say that? Do you really think that's the best word for a Christian to use? I mean, there's plenty of things to say where you can say, well, that didn't go like I planned. I mean, say that. Say something else. You don't have to say the word sucks. You don't have to say the words that we have mentioned. Just because a word isn't a cuss word doesn't necessarily mean it's a word that you and I should be involved with, a word that you and I should say. So think about euphemisms. There's a lot of things we say in today's world that are nothing more than euphemisms. Let's stay away from them. Let's keep moving down the list. Here's things Christians should not say. They should not say, I know the Bible says, but... 
hang on a second. If the Bible says, oh, before we get to this one real quick, let's back up real quick. Why should we not use euphemism? Some of you are still sitting there like, why? What's the big deal? The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all what? Notice it doesn't say abstain from evil. It says abstain from all appearance of evil. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.22, which means you should stay away from things that appear evil. You know why you use the word freaking or the, or the word heck? You use it because it's replacing the other word, and it sounds very similar. You know what it is? It's the appearance of evil. Because if you say it really quick, really fast, you say it to where a person can't completely understand what you're saying, it sounds like you're cussing. So you shouldn't use euphemisms because you want to stay away from the appearance of evil. But let's move forward. Uh, People shouldn't say, Christians especially shouldn't say, I know the Bible says, but, well, no, if the Bible says it, there is no but. Your personal opinion doesn't matter. Your personal experience doesn't matter. If the Bible says it, end of story, da-da, we're over. All right, next one. I think that one's fairly simple. How about this one? A Christian should not say, God will forgive me. Or, I think God would understand as long as it's just this one time. Typically, when someone says that, they're saying it right before they do something they know they shouldn't do. They're about to do something they know they shouldn't, take part in something they know they shouldn't take part in. They're about to do something that is anti-Christian, anti-Bible. They're about to do something that is disobedient to God. But God will forgive me. Well, yes, God will forgive you. But why may God have to forgive you? Man up. Maybe we should say it like this. Christian up. Put your big boy britches on and just don't do it. God shouldn't have to forgive you. You you just shouldn't do it. Don't do it. I think think God would understand as long as it's this one time. No, he won't. He won't understand. All right? Yes, God will forgive you. God is a a forgiving God. And for that, we should be thankful. Imagine for a second if God was not a forgiving God. We would not use the term, I think it'll be okay if, as long as it's just this one time. Pow! <laughs> right? A non-forgiving God would just destroy us. We should be thankful we have a forgiving God, but that gives us no excuse to take the grace and use it as liberty to be able to do whatever we want to do with our lives. That's really what it comes down to. Here's one. Let me play devil's advocate for a moment. You realize you just said you want to be a lawyer for the devil. Now, I'm more bringing this one as a joke than anything because I understand what you're saying. You, when somebody has a side and you want to give the opposite side of it, you're, you say, let me play devil's advocate. And, you know, whether or not you should actually say this one, we'll leave it up in the air. You can have the opinion. But when I was writing these down, I wrote this one down, and my wife and I both laughed because, I mean, literally we're saying that we want to be a lawyer for the devil. Let me play devil's advocate. Let me be the, let me be the devil's lawyer for a minute. And uh, whether or not you should say that, here's what I'm saying. Stop and think about it for a second. Think about it. Should we say that? I'll leave that in your hands. How about this one? It's not a complete lie. How many times have you heard someone say that? How many times, parents, have you heard your kids say that? It's not a complete lie. Well, hang on, hang on. Anything that is a half-truth is a whole lie. If you're purposely deceiving someone or trying to lead them in a way that you know that's not necessarily the right answer, but you're using deceit to try and get them to an answer you know is not necessarily the truth, it's not a complete lie. Christian, we shouldn't do anything to mislead or deceive somebody. We shouldn't do anything to bend the truth. The Bible uses, uh, in the book of Proverbs, look it up for yourself, list seven different abominations. One of those is a lying tongue. And when you use your tongue to say something that's not the whole truth, if it has even a little bit of a lie in it, it's wrong. It's a lie. Don't, don't, don't say it's not a complete lie. Because if it's got even a little bit of a lie in it, I mean, to say it's not a complete lie means that it's got a little bit of a lie in it, but it's not a complete lie. A Christian shouldn't say that. How about this one? This isn't gossip. I just wanted to share a prayer request. That's a ladies' group favorite. Or, this isn't gossip, I'd say it right to their face. That's a men's group favorite. And truth be told, all you're doing is, you're gossiping. You're you're backbiting. You're just gossiping about someone else. You just, oh my goodness, did you hear the news about so-and-so? Oh my goodness, we need to pray for them. Did you hear about so-and-so? Now, this isn't gossip, because I'd say it right to their face. 
No, you wouldn't. Hogwash. Baloney. You wouldn't say it right to their face. That's why you're not saying it to their face. Have you ever have you ever noticed that people who say, I would say it right to their face, they have never once said it to that person's face? Never once. It's a chauvinistic term. It makes me look tough. I'd say it right to their face. No, you wouldn't. Next time, and, and I'm, I'm determined to do this. Maybe you'll join on board with me. Next time somebody looks at me and says, well, let me tell you, and, and I would tell you, I would tell them this right to their face, so it's not gossip. I'm going to say, great, hang on just a second. Let's go find them, and let's say it right to their face. You know what most people are going to do? I, I would venture to say probably all of them. All of the people, you know what they would do? They'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, hang on. You just said you'd be willing to say it right to their face. So are you willing to do it or not? Truth be told, the quickest way to, as Barney Fife says, nip it in the bud, to nip it in the bud, the quickest way to stop gossip is to get that person and say, hang on, hang on, let's go talk to them about this issue. Let's, let's go talk to them and make sure it's true. Because the person spreading the gossip, most times they're not willing to do that. Gossipers don't actually want to help the other person. They just want to spread their issue. Truth be told, gossip in the church would slow down significantly if people started praying for others more. Think about that next time before you message the ladies' group or the men's group at your church, if you have a ladies' group or men's group. Think about that the next time before you share a a quote-unquote prayer request. Think about it. Is this really a prayer request or is this my form? of gossip. Next, how about this one? I know preacher is against this, but, well, hang on a second. Why are you telling anybody that to begin with? And for two, is preacher against it or is the Bible against it? Because most times when people say, well, I know preacher isn't for it, or I know preacher is against it, but most time the preacher is for it or against it, not based on his personal opinion, if you've got a good pastor. Most of the time, he's for or against something because of the Bible. So, and again, we're going back to that thing of, I know the Bible says, but I would, I would go back and make sure that if you're going to do something and you're using the thing of, I know the preacher is against this, but hang on, is it preacher or is it the Bible? I find that a lot of people want to just stick to their ways. They want to keep their, their pet sins around. And so they want to label something as, well, that's preacher's conviction. That's not a biblical standard. And to find out the difference between convictions and biblical standards, go back and listen to our last episode, um, episode number 250, a study on personal convictions. And we talk about in that episode the differences between convictions and personal standards, or the difference between standards and personal convictions. And what's the difference there? And if people want to say, well, no, that's preacher's personal thing, because they, they don't want to give up their pet sin. They don't want to stop drinking, they don't want to stop smoking, they don't want to stop looking at this or that, or going this place or that, or doing this thing or that, or taking part in this or that, or wearing this and that, or stop listening to this music. And so they say, well, that's just preacher's thing. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is that preacher's thing, or is that a Bible thing? Because if it's a Bible thing, you have a serious issue. Now, it may just be your preacher has a personal conviction. Our pastor doesn't play with playing cards. That's his personal conviction, all right? And so he, we've talked about this before. This is a subject that's perfectly fine being used. Not all Christians believe it's wrong to use playing cards. That's his personal conviction. Now, hang on a second. You may use it. And so if you say, well, preacher doesn't use playing cards, but uh, we are going to, then that's perfectly fine. But you need to go back before you say it and make sure it's not a biblical thing. Because most times people, when they're using that phrase, it's just a biblical thing. Um, How about this one? I could never do that. I could never pray in public. I could never teach a men's class. I could never sing in the choir. I could never, I could never, I could never. Hang on a second. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I'm getting tired of the lazy, fear-stricken Christians who say, I could never do that. Hogwash! Yes, you could. In fact, the Bible would directly contradict you. You can do it if you focus more on God instead of you. If you focus more on God instead of your personal comfort. If you focus on God instead of your fear, then yes, you can do it. Don't say, I could never 
do that. Now, if you're saying, like, I could never fly, well, <laughs> well, duh, but you know what I'm talking about. You say, I could never do that because you're trying to get out of doing something. Christians should never use terms that are disrespectful. Things like calling your wife, my old lady. <laughs> like, how attractive is that? My old lady. You Don't do that to your wife. The Bible says you should love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Love your wife. Don't use disrespectful terms and call her my old lady. Don't look at police officers and call them popos. Some of my church members, if you're a church member and you're listening today, you're going to say popo in front of me just because you want to rile me. And, but don't say popos. That's just disrespectful. That's just wrong. Here's one, a disrespectful term, and some of you aren't going to like this. I don't care. You shouldn't say Joe. Referring to the president. Why? That's disrespectful. You don't do that. You call him President Biden. You call him Mr. President. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. That is the respectful thing to do. I don't care if you like him or not. The Bible says, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God. You don't find Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, saying, hey, See this, I mean, he's holding a coin in the story when he says, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God. And I don't know who the Caesar was at this time, but for, I don't know, let's just pick a Caesar, Augustus. You don't find Jesus saying, hey, right here, see this, see this coin? Yeah, Augustus right there. Yeah, give unto Augustus the things that are Caesar's. No, 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 he used the term of respect. He used the proper terminology. He called him by the respectful name. The proper name was Caesar. In the same way, you and I shouldn't be disrespectful. Just because we don't like the president, we should not be disrespectful to his position. Should not be disrespectful to his position. All right, how about this one? And I'll put two of these together. I know it's a bad song, but... No, no, no. If it's a bad song, just shut it down. Or this one. There's this country song that says... And why do, you, why do you think I need to, need to hear what a country song says? I don't need to know. Find some other way to tell me your story. You don't have to tell me, well, there's a country song that says, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to know what the country song says. No need to tell me. Just let's move on. No need to tell me what the country song says. You say, Brother Josh, what is the point of today's episode? I'm glad you asked. Here's what I think we need to get back to. The Bible says in James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You and I need to get back to thinking before we speak. Sometimes we just say whatever comes to the top of our head. We, somebody can't say something around us without us having to comment or to give our opinion or give the opposite side. Or we see a post on social media and somebody says something and we have to correct them and we have to, oh, you have to hear my side. No, no, nobody has to hear your side. Nobody has to hear your opinion. Look, there are times where you're standing in a conversation and somebody says something that's not necessarily true. Um, not that it's like false or they just had a mix up. You know, they said, you know, that white is a primary color. You don't have to correct them. It's okay. Nobody's going to die. Truth be told, the other people in the conversation probably know too. You don't always have to insert your opinion. You don't always have to correct people. It's okay. You say, well, they're wrong. They're wrong. That's not a primary color. Friend, it's not a big deal. You're at a dinner table having dinner and somebody slipped up. Somebody didn't know. And they said something that maybe it isn't necessarily true. Now, if they're going to start saying, you know, Jesus Christ isn't the only way to heaven, well, yeah, correct that. But I mean, this little petty stuff that we always feel like we have to be the boss, we have to make sure we hold the conversation, we have to make sure that they know that they messed up. They slipped up right there. It's not a primary color. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The only reason you want to say it is because you want people to know that, well, I'm not, I'm not dumb like them. I know it's not a primary color. And if I don't speak up, everybody's going to think that I think it's a primary color too. So I got to make sure that I let everybody know I'm not stupid. 
It's pride. That's all it is. And the Bible says, hey, wherefore, my, bro- my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Be a good listener. Can I tell you this? We talk too much. We talk too much. Now, there's some of you out there listening. You need to talk more. But in general, we talk too much. We gossip too much. We correct each other too much. We say things we should not say. We talk too much. It's about time we got back to being good listeners. Husbands, can I tell you what would help improve your marriage? If you got back to being a good listener. Wives, can I tell you what would be good for your marriage? If you got back to being a good listener. Person in the pew listening to your preacher, you know what might help you to be a better church member? Being a good listener. In almost any area of life, we can do better if we start being swift to hear, quick to listen, and slow to speak. We don't have to spit out everything that comes to the top of our head. We don't have to say everything that we think. We don't have to correct everybody that gets something wrong. The Bible tells us that we should try and live peaceably with all men. And sometimes the thing, the Bible says that the tongue is one of the smallest members, but it can, uh, one of the smallest members of our body, but it can do the most damage. The person who said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, had never lived life before. Because words do hurt. And we can be so quick to say something, so quick to argue, so quick to comment on Facebook. Some of y'all just need to get off of social media. So quick to say this, so quick to give, uh, don't forget, you know. Swift to hear, so to speak, slow to wrath. You know, I personally think that when you look at this verse, it kind of gives the key to being slow to wrath. If you're quick to get angry, if you're quick to lose your temper, if you're quick to get fired up, try this for a little bit. Start being a little slower to speak and a little quicker to hear. And you might just find that it helps fix your wrath. What do I want for this episode? I want to remind you, think before you speak. Think before you speak. It's relatively simple to say, but boy, is it hard to put into practice. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear so to speak, slow to wrath. If you have something else that you think, hey, Christians should not say this, I'll add it to the list. Maybe we'll put out a part two. You can email me, joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, that email is joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. That'll help other people to be able to find and enjoy the great content, hopefully great, content that you um, enjoy here at Sandy Creek Stirrings. You can also leave us a review on Facebook. But my friend, until next time, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.